0: hello my friends this is heather welcome welcome it's another episode of the back to me podcast and i believe it's the september long weekend which means you're lazing on the beach maybe on the dock relaxing not thinking about much of anything which is exactly what you should be doing because that is how your brain will actually have a chance to create new ideas, and to have some downtime, because downtime is important. And that's a little bit of what I talked about today with Christine O'Brien-Horseman. She wrote the book called Deal With It, Doll, which isn't what you think. It's not hard love. And it's about coaching yourself through crisis, whatever kind of crisis that is. It doesn't have to be epic. It doesn't have to be bombs dropping, okay? Everyone's individual. Have a listen Have an amazing weekend. Take care, my friend. I will see you soon. Hi, my friends. Welcome. This is the Back to Me podcast, and this is Heather, and I am super excited that you're here. You are going to hear some tips and some tricks and some ideas to help you live your happiest and healthiest self. I call it Back to Me because when you are taking care of yourself, Back to Me, then you can take better care of others and we can all make the world a better place. This is Wellness Your Way and I am super happy that you're here. Hello, my friend. Welcome. I hope you're having an excellent day. This is Heather. This is the Back to Me podcast. And we are talking today with Christine O'Brien Horseman that's a long name, (laughs) 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 right? And author, career, life coach, corporate trainer. You are one of those, like, you've done it all type people. Yes.
1: A bit of a generalist. (laughs) Right.
0: And your company, your website is Paper Doll Communication. Is that, is that the name of the company that you operate? Yeah,
1: that's the company um, holding
0: Mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Right. And today we are talking Coaching yourself through crisis and self care, and managing chronic stuff. Yeah, (laughs) chronic stuff, right? Is that did I get all that right? Wow. So um, I'm super curious where because the book, your book is called. Yes, my friends. She's also she's an author. She wrote a book, (laughs) a real live book. It's called Deal with It, Doll. Right. Yeah. That's where Paper Doll Communications comes from.
1: Yeah. So I just, you know, I I named my company Paper Doll Communications really just for my own joy. It's not really following your best, you know, consulting advice, um, but it just brings me joy. And I felt like it set the tone for sort of the energy I bring to the table as a coach.
0: That's awesome.
1: And when I first was building my list, I did a lot of in-person events and if you have a big coach, a, I mean, a big sign that says life coach, you know, people are like preconceived, think they do or don't have any interest, but when it have this big, happy paper doll communication with this fun sort of retro looking girl on there, um, people stop.
0: Right? <laughs> and, yeah. Um, if if you're, not, you're at an, an event good. and you have life coach, people avert their eyes. <laughs> Go <High on>. <laughs> Oh, maybe it was smart. Maybe we should all take a chapter from that book. Oh, my goodness. And the deal with it, Doll, is so mm-hmm. you wrote this book. Well, first of all, let me back up a little bit. How did you get into this? What What brought yeah. you into this world of coaching and training? And
1: It's a great question. So I started my career in sales, uh, heavy relationship-based selling. And I was a regional sales manager and I ran a regional office. And from there I became a general manager and a lot of what I did was uh, developing new managers, helping hire, not just for my office that I had grown, but other offices. And as the regional manager, I was responsible for hiring. Unfortunately, sometimes firing, but all the staff development and training. So that's where really the seeds were first planted. And then as my career, evolved. I was a general manager for several different companies, either small companies or regional offices, again, where I wore many hats, which is why I seem to not be able to stop wearing a lot right. hats. But um, part of it came out of my own journey with chronic illness of trying to find that balance that I think, well, so many people go through it just with life, parenting, your own needs, your family's needs. How do I make it all work? And for me, that really came through chronic illness of how do I keep fulfilling myself professionally, but in a way that I can manage Mm -hmm. and working for someone else on someone else's schedule got hard when you don't know how you're going to wake up and feel in the morning. So I took a big step back and said, what am I good at? You know, what are the parts that I really, really love? And so that's when I decided to go into the coaching and training where I can help do what I was good at, um, but do it a little more in and out, you know, versus for just one organization.
0: Right. And being able to manage your own schedule when you yeah. have, when you have that unknown mm-hmm. makes it big, it makes, it takes a lot of stress off, I guess, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And for me, I was already doing a lot of coaching and some training and, uh, kind of development programs virtually. So then when the pandemic happened, it, in a strange way, I could work more than ever before because now everyone's comfortable, with doing training and coaching virtually and for me and my health and and those physical needs, it really does allow me to work more than ever before.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Like as much as it's in some ways was not so great and some ways ways it was actually pretty good, pretty darn good because of the rapid way that everybody changed and just figured out how to make everything work better. Yeah. Right. And,
1: and that's really part of what inspired the book. Okay. Um, was the pandemic. I wrote it during the pandemic. I was turning 50. So I had a lot of different things kind of percolating, right? With this milestone, if you will. And I heard myself sharing a lot of the lessons I had learned through chronic illness, of course, coaching, training and things too. But I felt like I was really leaning into a lot of what I've learned with living with chronic illness of there is nothing like a health crisis to bottom line things. And that's what we were experiencing, right? Collectively of where we just stop, slow down, reprioritize, determine what did matter most important for each of us. And, and we had to reframe. Right. And so that's really what inspired the book. I, you know, I lead most of my coaching with career coaching and then tend to back into life coaching with people who have, you know, I'm helping them find a new job. And they're like, but what I really
0: want, right?
1: <laughs> why do I keep doing these kinds of jobs? Whatever it is, right? And then we get into some longer term exploration. But I felt like what makes me really good as a coach is part of what I've learned about reinventing yourself, resilience, and just coping with the curveballs in life. And, and so writing the book gave me this opportunity to tell the bigger story and, right. um, and, and provide a coaching tool for other people, whether it's a big capital C pandemic crisis, or, you know, a major health crisis like cancer or death or something, um, or it's just a little crisis. Like I'm turning 50, my kid's graduating high school, right. I'm, a, I'm going to be a parent, you know, the transitions and changes we go through in life.
0: And it's interesting that, that we have to qualify, crisis yeah it's like yeah oh my gosh my crisis isn't big enough it's like if it's a crisis for you
1: yes yeah well it's so funny because i started saying that because sometimes people took it as if like oh this is only like the sky is falling but no we all go through twists and turns changes and natural transitions that sometimes do feel really profound right And sometimes we create some crises of our own making, right? When we don't cope with what we need to. Yeah.
0: No ostriching, no sticking your head in. You know, life is going to keep going. You can't ignore it. And, you know, like when we were little kids, hide under the blankets. The monsters can't get you. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't work. I've watched enough horror movies. And I was just saying, like, crises can be anything. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you threw in turning 50, because. For some people that is, my friend of mine is just turning 40. I'm pretty sure he's not, he's not really happy about it. Oh, you poor guy.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny. Those milestone birthdays can have an impact on people. And again, I mean, it's like everything. We absorb a lot of messaging, right? Yeah. For me, 50 was, I couldn't celebrate the way I originally thought I would. Right. Right. It was the heart of the pandemic. and. And then it was like, well, what am I, what am I marking? What, how do I wanna celebrate? Who do I wanna celebrate with anyway? And then just a little bit of that reassessing of where am I with my bigger life goals? And then the opportunity presented itself. I had um, in my network was a woman who um, owns a small publishing house and was like, I kinda wanna explore some topics who's interested. And so, you know, then like anything, when you are a little bit more aware and intentional you see opportunity,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I was actually having a conversation with a group um, recently about helping them reframe. Cause when I, when I, it's interesting, you talk about, you know, you're working with career coaching and you back into the life coaching. I used to do a lot of business coaching and it always became (laughs) life coaching because, you know, these entrepreneurs and usually in the health and wellness space and Their businesses, the problem with their businesses was something to do with them, right? Not that there was anything wrong with them, but just where they were struggling. Where they had
1: to grow. Yeah, Yeah.
0: where they had to figure it out. So um, with this group that I was having a conversation, because when I'm working with people now, I've expanded beyond business. And that's why I call myself a real life coach. It's like, you got a whole lot of pieces in your life. That's right. They all got to work. So, And we got to make sure that the strategies work for your life, so real life. So we talk about your physical health, your emotional health, your connections, your occupation, your financials, and your engagement. And when one of them is not working, then it's going to ripple through the other ones. And the conversation, which I just lost my train of thought because I had so much to say, which always (laughs) people are going to laugh at me because they're like, oh, Heather, there she goes again. She can't remember what she's talking about. Relatable. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, it's gone. What were you talking about?
1: Well, we were talking about the backing into life coaching from the career coaching. And you were sharing that right. that actually came out of some of the work you were doing with the Scott. entrepreneur. has gone. back. before that? Well, it, you gave me a thought. So that's really how I Good. presented the book. So one half is personal, going through health, self, um, relationships, and parenting. Um, we're not all parents, but we all have usually people are influencing in our lives and we've all someone is our parents. yes so pieces that we need to work through there. and then the other half is professional so um, education, career leadership and then wealth or our financial well-being and so that sort of similar idea to what you're talking about yeah. If, you know, if if there's a crisis in one part of your life, the other is likely going to suffer at, or at least eventually. Right. So I, a little bit like a wheel of life exercise,
0: if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered. Good. (laughs) It came back to me. Um, you were commenting on, you know, I feel like those, those big birthday markers are the, that it's, And you can do it anytime, but it's like, for some reason, those ones are the, where am I now? I've just hit another Mm -hmm. decade. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I find, this is a conversation I was having. They don't stop to say, is this what I want? Yes. And, and like be intentional about what they want in their lives or just say, oh, I guess this is life, but it doesn't. I'm just kind
1: of going along with it. And I think that's what a lot of people realize is that the voice inside our head, the yardstick we've been using to measure success or accomplishment or achievement, was that the one we designed, right? Or at large, someone else, uh, you know, something that influenced us. And so those can be points of reflection, and other things happen that cause people to do that too. I think that's part of what made shelter in place really difficult for a lot of people is that a regular life creates a lot of busyness yeah you know, a lot of opportunity to sort of avoid life i mean we just had a health crisis in my family where my aunt got really sick advanced cancer oh
0: no
1: like she's already passed like from oh. diagnosis to death was six to eight weeks so it was oh, very, sorry. yeah oh thank you and very rapid But um, I went out there to help. And then eventually everybody came to be together. And I was talking to my cousin, and we're like, what? It was my ticket was $400 and it was an hour and a half late. And I haven't seen them in years. Right. You know, and we're, once we kept saying, like, life gets in the way of life, you know, (laughs) but you get so busy and so caught up um, that sometimes we don't slow down. And when we're forced to, we say, This is important to me. No, this is what's important to me, or this isn't. And we get those opportunities. And sometimes we really do have to slow ourselves down.
0: And I think there's some people who have crashed, like just charged headlong through that. This Mm -hmm. is what I'm supposed to do that. They've never even asked, is this what I want? And because I've talked to people who I like, I've coaching someone last fall who said she, they didn't know what made them happy. And yeah. Thought, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar experience. When I do corporate training, I do all soft skills. You know, that's sort of my mantra as a coach that soft skills are the key to success. And it's our emotional intelligence and our communication skills that make us successful, whether that's personally or professionally. Right. Right. So most of my training is around soft skills. And I in what this is a stress management class, actually. And I was like, you know, what brings you happiness? What brings you joy? Like, let's come up with a list of something you can do in under five minutes and then other things. And this one woman was paralyzed. She said, I don't even know what brings me joy anymore.
0: Right. You know, she's so, just
1: been on that wheel. A lot of different life changes and stress, work stress. You know, our jobs are so important, but sometimes we place an incredible amount of importance on them to where it's draining in other capacities. And so that, that was jarring, but she's not alone by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah,
0: right. And it is jarring from like, it was the first time I heard it, I I thought it was, couldn't be possibly a thing because I, my list is almost too long. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing this and I like doing this and I like doing this. Right. <laughs> And it's hard to even imagine that someone wouldn't know. But then when you say, okay, they don't know, well, what have they been doing all of their lives? And like you said, you know, we get caught up in life. We get caught up in these to-do lists. These, I have to do X, 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 X. I have to check the boxes. I have to fill in the blanks. And you never have that pause to say to, to, or maybe the opportunity to say, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea why this movie always comes to my mind and people are gonna laugh. It's the the Julia Roberts movie, The Runaway Bride. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? She didn't even know what she wanted in a husband. She didn't know what she wanted. She just kept right. right. She kept doing what she thought she was supposed to do until finally someone said to her, like, no, just go figure out your life. Yeah. Like, don't do anything. And I thought, if everybody could just and unfortunately, the shelter in place is probably their opportunity. And they probably, I'm assuming that not everybody did it. It's like mm-hmm. that was your opportunity to say, hold a minute. Now that things are relatively quiet right now, like, mm-hmm. what do I actually like doing? And yeah. what would I enjoy? How do I want my life to look? Yep. Right. Yeah. And um, it, maybe that's too scary for some people.
1: I think it is. And I think some people may have done the work and then they're like, wait, now I, I, I worked so hard to put those pieces in and now I can't access them. Now what I do? And that's one of my other favorite sort of concepts. And one of the other goals of the book is that you need a lot of tools in the toolbox. Yeah. You know, some of the go-tos don't work anymore. You know, some of it's out of our control. Some of it we've outgrown, but sometimes we do have to do the work again, dig deeper, right? Adapt, right? That's why adaptability was, well, it was a key soft skill for many years before the pandemic, but that really hit home. Right. My employers were looking for adaptability
0: and baking skills.
1: <laughs> Homemaking, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, adaptability, you uh, like adjustment. Um, being able to say no, I think, was a big skill people the had to develop.
1: right? Like, there was a lot of boundaries, I think, that came out of that. And, and actually, to your point about me, we were laughing about baking. But I felt like one of the gifts of the pandemic was this idea of, like, people embracing hobbies again. Yeah. That, again, to sort of stay busy with something productive and healthy and that would bring some joy. Um an activity, but you know, the idea of hobbies, um, people don't always think about this, but in career coaching, it's something we talk a lot is about interests and, you know, not every interest can or should be fulfilled through your work life. Right. And you need other places where you're exploring other facets of yourself and, you know, hobbies are relaxing and recharging in a different way than sitting on the couch and watching Netflix.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like, I'm old enough that um, I can remember on Saturdays that my husband and I, ex-husband right now, but my former husband and I, we would, you know, watch a couple home shows Saturday mm-hmm. morning. And then we would, we would spend the weekend doing something like, mm-hmm. you know, fixing up the garden or, you know, but it was never sitting down watching netflix because w- there was no netflix i mean it, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't even that long ago didn't really have cell phones no smartphones um and it was like it was almost like you had more time yes but that's an illusion because you have yes, exactly. of, you have the same amount of time you're just unknowingly maybe but you are choosing where to spend your time and it's not always something that's going to make you happy.
1: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And um, it's very easy to fill it, right? And oh, my God. We have instant access to all these shows, and I'm the worst binger. But it's exactly right. Like, it hits a point where, is that really how I want to choose to spend my time? And we yeah. all are making
0: choices. Yeah. And and I think being able to, like, not – and uh, the generation that has always had smartphones and social media, it'll be interesting to see how they come along because having lived in the t- in a time where we didn't have that. And mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm super old. I'm not super old. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's listen, still, I lived through that too. <laughs> still relatively new. um yeah. But we had more opportunity almost to, to know, to have quiet space in our lives and to, recognize things that we wanted to do and it's true like i can remember some t- at some point somebody said you know be careful about turning your hobby into a your business because mm-hmm. then you might not like it anymore
1: <laughs> yeah 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 then everything doesn't have to be monetized or turned right. into these kind of you know achievement again like achievement oriented which is such a big part of our culture
0: it you know, hard. and that was
1: one of the other things. Um, My son's good, actually he's graduating high school this year, but I mean, I know that was one of the other things where a lot of people I knew as parents were glad to not be in the car all the time, you know, rushing from one activity to another. And I think sometimes as parents, we forget how much more downtime we probably did have as kids compared to our kids now. Yeah. Or like you said, what filled the downtime looked a little different and probably was healthier.
0: Right. Like that, it's almost like that self um entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, if kids now are you're running them from sports to clubs to this to that, and they they don't then they won't know how to manage their own downtime. It's like yeah, yeah. I need to do something. Yeah. I should be doing something. I can remember when I graduated from university, um, I I became a CPA, so it was a couple of years of studying nonstop for my CPA, mm-hmm. and I wrote my exam, and then I had nothing to do. I had, I, was, evening would come, and I'd be like, "I should be doing something." Yeah,
1: be- you, t- you had to turn that off. takes yeah. Time.
0: <laughs> luckily, yeah. I, luckily, it didn't take me too long to turn it off because you know I didn't want to be studying forever, at least not accounting, but. It's so interesting that you do, when you get into that moving, 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 moving. Even when people go on vacation. Yeah. Like I have a client going on vacation and she's been so stressed out. And I said, it's going to take you at least three days to turn it down. Mm -hmm. So do not pick up your phone. Do not pick up your phone. Just delay it and delay it. And I can remember when I was in corporate that I had, I worked for a VP and she would check her email every day. I said, well, then you're not on vacation, my friend.
1: No, exactly. And I think that's um, something that's really detrimental in our virtual worlds. Like it's amazing to have the access and, um, you know, beneficial in lots of ways, harder for people to turn it off. Because again, I'll date myself now. I can't remember going on vacation and someone had like the number to the condo for like some massive crisis. I mean, I worked in the travel industry. So sometimes we really were, you know, <laughs> bad things would happen in the world and we'd have to react, but no one called me all week. And somehow the office still functions, everything worked. And then, like you said, now the temptation to check in and tell ourselves, well, I'm saving myself time later. And in time management training, we call it tainted time oh and i love that phrase of tainted time and the more i share that phrase with people it does resonate because it's like we're the ones tainting in our own self so if i am actually supposed to be relaxing and watching a show with my family and i can't control myself and i keep picking up that phone and scrolling email i just create a tainted time i'm not invested in either place fully right and it, that helps prime our brain for distraction which then creates more of that up oh, antsy antsy antsy.
0: And you never get to you never get to have that moment of quiet space. Yeah. And I was listening to um I was on a podcast recently with Janine Kathleen and her podcast is called uh Mindset Alchemy Podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she was talking about daydreaming. I was listening to like some of her earlier episodes and your brain needs that, like we think daydreaming is a waste of time. And I was thinking about it, you know, in school, kids got in trouble if they daydreamed, right? Oh, You're yes. not- They're
1: doodling. Oh my God. They are doodling. Right.
0: But that's when your brain does its best work mm-hmm. because it's the, um there's a book called Be More, Do Less. I don't oh, know if you've that. heard of that one. Yes. And it talked about the, the brain science of your brain actually needs that non-constructive, non-problem-solving time to integrate and move things around and make connections. So you can sit there trying to solve, 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 solve. And this happens all the time. When you stop thinking about it, you're like, oh, of course, because you give your brain a break so it can do its thing. It's
1: so true. It's like when people are like, oh, get an idea in the shower. Well, that's because you're Relax. you're actually physically doing something else and like you said now all of a sudden there's been some processing overnight and some space i think einstein's famous for saying that oh is he Uh, about having boredom right boredom is necessary for genius i'm probably butchering that a little bit but that's sort of the gist of yeah what he said that without boredom there is no creation
0: I was listening to an audiobook by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, yeah. She wrote The Big Magic. I love that book. That book is so good. Um, and was it her, is it her in her book where she was talking about she was staring at the window of a train and this story came to her immediately? Like yeah, she was. I
1: get it dropping in almost like completely forms, if you will.
0: Yeah. And it was just because she wasn't thinking about anything. She was just staring Mm -hmm. out the window. And then, boom, this idea came and she wrote a whole story right there. I was like, you need that idleness time. And we haven't created space for a lot of it.
1: Yeah. And you can't always force it. That was a big lesson I learned writing the book that, well, sure, I could schedule. I'm going to work on this. But I would sit down sometimes. And it just didn't. Right, right. (laughs) You know, and I, I did stop fighting it. You know, and just sort of followed my own flow, because to that point, there were other days I sat down and three thousand words would just, you know, come right out. So then, if
0: you're so, so I know that sometimes part of coaching is helping people with their uh, management of time, time management. Yeah, and there is that truth to you know, you can't really schedule. I guess you could schedule daydreaming. I don't know, like how? How do you think? Now, people... I guess you could
1: schedule downtime, right? Right. Or
0: um... and sometimes when you have things in your calendar, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs it's self imposed, so it's mm-hmm. not like your boss is breathing down your neck saying, "I need this report by tomorrow at five o'clock." Yep. So then, if you're not feeling it, you will not do it. So there's a balance between finding your flow and
1: yes. D- some pr- discipline, right? Yes, so that's the word I need. Mean. I, I had to like sort of trust myself that that this idea that I am working on it, it is churning around and another time it's going to sit down and flow different and that something isn't fully processed yet or, and that's why it's not ready to come back out on paper. Right. Sometimes I had to still put myself through the paces of like, well, it can't just do nothing three times in a row, if nothing's coming out, right? So what can I do differently? I'm going to work on, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to start coming up with the lessons, then I'm going to write it or vice versa, or I'm going to just free flow journal for half an hour and see if that doesn't just sort of spark something. Right. Um, I'm going to outline or I'm going to work on the the mantras, the affirmation piece, right? So yeah, there. I think there is a fine line between showing up and doing the activity and holding yourself accountable, but also making space and having trust in yourself and trust in the process um that we aren't, we can't just, you know, press the button every single time and it, everything. Boots right. up.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we actually aren't machines. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. So your book has, it has lessons and mantras what's it, what's going on in there tell me yeah. some more about that
1: so at the end of each chapter i share 10 lessons learned sort of about the theme um that you know learned through my experience and through coaching then i have uh 10 powerful questions because as you know the process of coaching is about asking people the right questions yeah right we're trying to get them to sort of come to certain things on their own or understand and elicit more information and probe and spark something in them. So it's asking the right questions. So I wanted people to have that tool of some questions to ponder and some journal prompts because I do, that's part of where the paper comes from. Part of this, (laughs) I really believe in the power of putting a pen on paper to clarify our thoughts and our feelings and our goals. So I wanted the whole book to be a tool, but within the book to be lots of tools. And I wanted it to be to where, yes, it flows to read this from cover to cover, and I hope people will, but it also is like, here's where I'm stuck right now, or here's what's on my mind. So I'm just going straight to career and leadership, you know, and be able to just utilize that chapter for some processing and thinking and assessing. Um, and then the mindset piece that I know we had talked about a little bit before when we first connected, that in and of itself in my mind is just another tool. I think of affirmations, I call them mantras in the book, which 100% accurate. But um, I'm yeah, I just people use it, say over we, and we over. use them interchangeably. And I just yeah. like the idea of making a mantra. I have hung up on alliteration. So. <laughs> <laughs> but they're positive affirmations. I think of them as little mini pep talks. It's those go-to phrases to shift our mindset, to pick ourselves up, to give a boost of confidence, um, to overcome some of our fears or anxieties, to just get our brains aligned with our goals, our desires, how we want to show up in the world. So I think they're really powerful. And sometimes like everything sounds one will do the trick. And sometimes you got to say it 20 times, right? And sometimes you need like three or four piled together to like get things loosened up. Right. right. So, so there's 20, um, mantras at the end of each chapter. Also wow. thematic affirmations for the area that you want to work on or What resonates most? You're
0: really prolific.
1: (laughs) I have a little bit of a hyperactive brain.
0: You're probably starting to notice. It's like you have ten of those and ten of those, and I'm like, how many chapters are there? One, (laughs) just one chapter.
1: Eight chapters.
0: (laughs) I interviewed a woman who kept writing um, ninety-nine ways to, or yeah, ninety ways, ninety-nine ways. She kept, and she just kept building on it, like. She's got the ninety-day peace project, and then ninety ways to do this, and then ninety yeah, ways. Yeah, she's yeah. I, she's, I was it. like, whoa, holy moly! <laughs> she's yeah. coming up with more of them. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And I mean, I like the word mantra. Mantra is awesome. I love alliterations. Yeah. And people sometimes their their pushback is, well, if I if I don't believe it, why am I even saying it? Well, um, your brain doesn't know that you're lying
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you know it's so funny I was actually on a panel where we talked about and I thought it was so interesting because I never thought of it this way but like the pros and cons of positive affirmations and mantras and there are some mindset coaches um, who are like if you don't fundamentally believe it you could keep saying it, keep saying it but you might still be stuck but my take is this is a part of reframing it's a tool to reframing It's a tool to increasing intentionality and you're not going to get to the deeper work if you don't start somewhere. Right. right? And like I said, and I I think of them as mini pep talks and like easily accessible to
0: yourself, you know? And if you write them in a way that, so I saw a coach once who thought mantras were terrible because he said, it's just pointing out to you what you don't have. (laughs) I said, well, I see your point of view. Yeah, And what's another way we could think about that is because when you want something like here's a little woo woo for people, you need to be like energetically aligned with that. So if I want to, so I actually, you want alliterations. I've got one here behind my desk. Mine is I am powerful, peaceful, and prosperous. I love it. I love it. Right? Yeah. So if Mm -hmm. I say it and I just go um, and I just say it, but if I try to feel it, That I am those things, and that changes it. And that makes my brain go, Oh, she is. Okay, let's make sure that happens.
1: (laughs) That's right. And and then when we start to slip out of that, we say, Nope, peaceful, breathe, right? You know, it's so you're kind of this reminder to check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a little bit minute to kind of get into that space where you're in a little bit more relaxed state can be helpful. I like visual stuff too. So I have visual cues around me that will remind me of my favorite
0: mantra. That's why I stick posting notes of yeah. behind my desk. Yeah. So I don't even necessarily look at them, but yeah. some part of me sees them, right? You know,
1: it's there and it, it sort of jogs the memory.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, one thing that I share a lot is, a I think it's a national science. I'm, I've been butchering this. I really need to memorize it, but I believe it's a <laughs> national science or national institute of science. I can't remember. Um, study though about our brain and our thought patterns. And we have 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And so some people are on the higher end or the lower end, somewhere in between. 80% of them every day are negative. That's a lot of negative thoughts. And so that's why I also think that things like mantras and affirmations, we have to rewire, we have to talk back to our negative self-talk or negative talk about other people and scenarios in our brains. So I think it's really important. And I think managing your mindset is so so critical, because it's like one thing you can control, right? Yeah. Doesn't it mean it's always easy. And we're yeah. not, again, we're not robots. And we're allowed to feel negative sometimes We're it's okay to be have dark, big, upset emotions sometimes, right? But the goal is to what are they telling us? Right? how do I pick myself back up? What have you? So we don't want to stay in that space, but yeah, I mean, I generally run fairly optimistic, which maybe is why, you know, some other people feel differently, but I also think I'm not writing a, an affirmation. Like I'll be rich by the age. You know, I'll be at 62. Right. To me, that's not really an affirmation. It's more like what you're saying. I'm full of peace and prosperity. You know, about sort of grounding ourselves
0: yeah and um and like some like putting a hard thing on it like a I yes. I will do this it's then you're you're giving your brain something to grab onto that's like no 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 yeah and the negative emotion side so or the negative thought side some people I guess a lot of people probably don't recognize the what The constant soundtrack that plays in their head. Mm. And I think of negativity or negative thoughts as like a message of something, right? right. So yesterday I was cursing at the computer and I went, (laughs) Holy, hold on. Why is this bothering me? You know, it's like, why is this making me so mad? Oh, okay. Let's not get mad at it. Let's just fix it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's because I've skipped lunch and I haven't exercise in three days. Okay? Right. So now I can,
0: I've been sitting here too long.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? You know, same scenario could happen in a different day and our reaction's totally different. So what's that yeah. about?
0: Exactly. So take it as a signal of not something bad, just like it's trying to tell you something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And where can people find your book?
1: So you can get it on Amazon, pretty much any bookseller. Um, bookshop.org is one that I like to share about because I think it's really cool. They're a nonprofit that are linked up to local booksellers. Yeah. So if you want to support you know, your local um, independent bookstore, but convenience of ordering online takes a few days longer than Amazon, but um, it's convenient and your local bookstores get the sale. That's amazing. Uh, so you just go to bookshop.org. You put in your zip code. They'll find it for you. Is it only in the U.S.? Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if it's in Canada. There's a good chance it is in Canada, but I haven't checked on that.
0: That's okay. When okay. to look
1: into that, yeah. yeah. But Amazon, a lot of independent bookstores, some libraries are carrying it. And then on my website, there's a link to the book that, that'll take you out to Amazon. If, I can't remember what, what it's called.
0: <laughs> it all. Um, with but, doll. Yes. Everything's in the show notes. Yeah, but it's, on, it's on the website also. Awesome. That's outstanding. Um, it sounds very, very cool. Uh, Thank you. You know, I'm totally going to check it because I love to have lots of tools in my toolbox, love you it. know, and, but, but before, before um, you go, my friend, I just always am interested at the very end. Do you have any final words of wisdom?
1: I'll tell you one of the lessons that I share early on in the book yeah. that came out of my chronic health journey um, is listen to the whispers. I learned that when I didn't listen to myself, my intuition, even my physical health, my body, usually, eventually, um, God would smack me upside the head with a two by four when I finally when it wasn't listening. But the signs were there, and so that's something that's given me work. Um, gotten better at it as I've gotten older. Um, but that lesson really came to me out of my chronic illness journey um, to listen to the whispers. And I think that's part of what we're talking about about that emotional health. Yeah. Sometimes it's an emotional signpost that we pick up on first, sometimes it's a physical signpost that we pick up on first. Um, but we do have a deep, innate inner knowing. And I guess that goes back to what we we're talking about, but that does require some slowing down. Yeah. To listen to yourself and to make space for yourself.
0: Definitely. Yeah. If you're not listening to yourself, that's when you do get smacked with a two by four.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's nicer to not have to learn that
0: way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, okay, I hear you. And you duck. (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Thank you so much, Christine. It was so great talking with you. Oh my gosh. So many good things. So many good learnings. I really appreciate you coming and hanging out.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you. And friends in podcast land, check the show notes because that's where you can find more info on Christine. And if you can't remember, deal with the doll is a book, mm-hmm. bookstore, bookshop.org.
1: Bookshop.org.
0: Bookshop.org. Support your local booksellers because we love those local bookshops. And if you know someone who needs to deal with it, send them the podcast. (laughs) Take care my friends. I'll see you next time. Hi, my friend. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you found it useful and you're like me and you like, like helping others, please feel free to share this, give it a like, Give it a comment if you found something useful in it. There's a chance that someone else will find something useful as well. Also, if you have any questions at all, I can absolutely help and I would love to help. You can email me at Heather at prosperityflowcoaching.com. If you want more of this awesome content, you can follow me on Instagram, Heather Stewart Coaching. You can follow me on Facebook, Prosperity Flow Coaching. And I have a personal request. I want to help as many people as I can with these podcasts. And if you could give me a review, hopefully a good one, if you could share, if you could send this out into the world, I would truly appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing day and I hope that you find your way to wellness by getting back to me. Take care, my friend.